Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everyone and welcome to Heart and Hand Extra, the second of our weekly free pods here on the Heart and Hand Network. Uh, my name is David Edgar, I'm your host and joining me to discuss a, a very busy week, lots to talk about with a midweek win and uh, an away trip to look forward to the weekend is Stuart McCall. Hello Stuart. Alright David, how are we doing? Thanks for having me on mate. Doing better after last night, Rangers took on Hearts at Ibrox looking for our first win in six and delivered it with a, I thought Stuart, an excellent performance. The game really was never in doubt, Rangers started on the front foot and really, there was no let up until maybe what the last twenty minutes when the game was completely done. Yeah, I I thought we were um, I thought we were excellent too. Um, there was a bit of pressure going into it last night um, after I think it was five games without a win. But I thought the players reacted the exact way they had to. Um, they came out with the right mentality. Um, the management as well came out with the right mentality. They they changed a few things about which we'll talk about, but. Um, no, it was great to get the win, get a clean sheet, and you know that has to be the start of the sort of the mini road to the end of the season where mm-hmm. we, I don't think it's a write off. I think we need to really, really go and get some some consistent results now, um, and hopefully last night was the start of that. Absolutely, uh, I uh, an interesting point that you make there is I had seen people saying, understandably, ah, well, it's all right doing it now that the pressure's off. I'm not sure I agree that the pressure was off because of, as you say, Rangers hadn't won in five games. Yes, I know that the title's probably gone, but the title's been gone for a couple of weeks and Rangers were still not playing well. And for me, you're right, if they lost last night, or failed to win, rather, even just drop points, then I think that the atmosphere around the club would have been pretty toxic, in all honesty. Whereas... I think it was very important for them. There was pressure and they reacted to it in the right way, which they haven't always done this season. I know the manager says that, oh, we recover from setbacks pretty well. Up until March, where we just didn't. 
and it continued really along the same lines of silly drop points and, and defeats. So last night was a big match for me in terms of going out. And and like I say, they, they did that. They delivered with a, a pretty good performance. Now, first thing to talk about, I think, is no Alfredo Morelos, suspended for four matches, as we know. Uh, well, three more now. And Rangers put in Jermaine Defoe. But previously, Stuart, this season, when we've put Jermaine Defoe in, to me, it's just been a case of almost a straight swap. And by that, what I mean is the team hasn't altered the way it played at all. And it played to Jermaine Defoe the way it would play to Alfredo Morelos. And they're completely different types of players. And Defoe's look lost, understandably, to the point where I think there were already sort of grumbles of why did we buy him? He's not going to do anything for us. We don't play that way. Whereas last night, to me, it looked like the team said, right, there's no point hitting it into channels for him and hoping he can win it and he can you know, smash into their box the way Alfredo does. We've got to play through him. We've got to play to him. And I thought he reveled in it last night. I thought he did his best game for Rangers by far. Yeah, um, I think there's a couple of points to that. I, I believe that the team became less sort of formation-focused last night and we more focused on players and trying to just what they're good at, um, sort of creating spaces. I noticed a lot of forward passes from Stephen Davis um, into people like Arfield and Eden Kamara, who was sort of playing a bit more box-to-box last night, and Kent, um, who had a bit of a free role. So it was good to see the change in, in focusing and you know, doing the simple things. You know, Defoe's a, a, a top striker. Um, for the third goal, he was there, he was running on a, a, a cross ball. We had to create chances. If you compare last night to the St Johnston game at home where he didn't have a sniff, we didn't give him anything. Um, it was night and day. Um, and you're right, regarding Morelos, he's, our best, he's been our best player this season and you know we don't want to start rewriting history here because he's had a red card. He scored 29 goals, but there did seem to be a bit more rather than just let's get the ball to Alfie last night. It was more looking for other options and and we did. We did look really good. Um, there was a dynamism to them. Um, mm. As I said, I was impressed with Arfield and Kent finding spaces. And look, it's not like we were playing a, a Dundee last night who are wide open. Hearts are pretty compact. They're well organised. They're not the best team, but they are organised. And, and we we done quite well last night. Um, I was impressed with that. And, you know, just to maintain my, my starting point, I hope we just maintain that and just go forward. You got to focus on players rather than formations. Yeah, I think there's a lot in that. Um, I thought that, that last night, as you say, we didn't have the rigid 4-3-3 that we've tried. Daniel Kandias was left on the bench. Scott Arfield was playing, but Scott Arfield certainly wasn't playing as a winger. He was, which you wouldn't expect him to, um, but he, he played far further infield. But there was a fluidity to the Rangers' performance last night that we haven't seen. Ryan Kent, I think, had been told you can start off in the left, but you can go pretty much anywhere you want. And he drove at them centrally a lot. Uh, Arfield would switch his position between being almost a sort of inside right, um, uh, an inside forward, but he would drop back into midfield if necessary. Kamara and Jack, as you say, were were bursting forward, going box to box, with Davis sitting anchoring everything in uh, the position, I think, that we all recognise from him. And... Hearts found it difficult because I think that they expected that we would do what we've done in several other matches this season, Aberdeen particularly, which is get the ball down, get it wide, cross it in. And had we done that, they've got Suter, they've got Berra, they would have 
ate that up all night. Instead, Rangers quite clearly decided to play far more centrally, far more through the middle. Uh, they, they had runners, which is something that we don't always have. And as you said, it was as if the players were sort of challenged to go and play, don't rely on Morelos. And this can happen when you've got someone who is, you know, a wonderful talent, that you can just get into the habit of, I'll just head it long to Alfie, I'll just look for Alfie. Mm-hmm. Last oh. night, I thought Rangers, if you like, the, the, the rest of the team took the responsibility, and they haven't always this season. No, absolutely. Look, you can, form, formation is out there as, as, a, as a structure, but you have to be able to change within that. You can't just stick to that because it comes predictable, it becomes Warburton-esque. And I, I was concerned over the last number of weeks that we were getting towards that rigid 4-3-3 and we weren't going to change. Last night gave me real encouragement that maybe it's not going to be that way because we've just went and proved that we can play out with that. I know there's been a bit of hesitancy after Motherwell and I think it was Livingston where we changed formation this season and we, we didn't get a result out of them that we, we managers just stick to their principles. But you know, I'm, I'm, I think the coaching staff, you know, Michael Beale, may have had something to do with last night um, because we did surprise Hearts and let's be honest, football gets complicated. We've got better players than Hearts. Mm-hmm. The players should be able to go on the pitch and perform at their levels. And they've won the game. They've got the rewards. I mean, you've got a top striker at Defoe. You know, give him, you know, create chances for him. He'll score the goals. It, it is really that simple. Um, I just generally hope that we can maintain it going forward on a Sunday and beyond that. His all-round performance was impressive because he was up against two big guys, but he competed against them physically. He held the ball up. He used what we know he has in those quick feet to get shots away. His runs were causing them danger all last night. At the time, I thought the goal he scored in a couple of minutes was onside. Looking back, I think, you know, fair play. We've criticised officials often enough. He got that one right, sadly. I think that his foot was just offside. But... I thought that he gave them a challenge all night. And as you say, something they didn't want. They wanted us to be knocking it wide and crossing it in. That's that's what they wanted. We came up against a side who are well organised. Craig Levine can organise a team. Maybe lack it, but they definitely lack when they've not got any Smith and uh, Piezo, But they, they are organised. Levine's good at that. Last night, Adam, our tactics guy, was sitting with me. And he pointed out to me at the game that in the first half hour, Hearts regularly had 10 players within 30 yards of their goal. And Rangers have struggled badly against that this season. Yes, Aberdeen are the example that springs to mind, but St Johnston, Kilmarnock, Rangers have struggled badly when a team has done that. And last night really felt like the first time we'd done something... I don't want to say different because the manager has changed in those matches sometimes to a 4-4-2 to a 4-2-3-1. Last night, though, was the first time where, as you say, it wasn't just a formational change. It was an attitude change and it was, right, I want you to move into different positions. I want it to be far more fluid. And it looked as though several players had a freedom about them and, as you say, a dynamism about them that we haven't seen before. I thought Jack, Kamara... Arfield all contributed hugely. I thought Kent looked very dangerous. Defoe was causing them issues. And, I mean, five or six wouldn't have flattered us last night. No, I mean, the onus is on us at Ibrox, and too often we've not done that. Teams are usually going to come in and sit in. We've spoke about that often enough. Um, but the, the, the game that stuck in my mind was the Aberdeen Cup game, where I don't think we... I thought we took the easy option too often to go down go wide and just cross it in and do the same thing over and over. Um, 
players need to make things happen. And as you said, Jack, Davis, Arfield, they, they did last night. They, they went that extra yard. They, they tried different ways um, by passing the ball forward. This It's imperative that we make yeah, the question. E- even the side-to-side stuff was oh. aimed to get a a forward ball through though that they would occasionally you know stop the move and start it again but you still got the impression that it was all building to a forward pass whereas that Aberdeen game as you mentioned it was side to side endlessly and nobody wanted to commit to the through ball last night with four or five guys that were trying it um and James Tavernier uh took himself to 25 uh, assists and goals in in total for the season, which is obviously remarkable for a fullback. Um, he had an excellent game. He doesn't get an assist for the Arfield goal, but his cross in for that was magnificent as well. And it's the the first of all credit to Tavernier who had an, an excellent match and looked like he was clearly determined to try and make up a bit for for his mistake on Sunday, and he he was splendid last night. And it is the, the the Tavernier, if you like, the conundrum that we know occasionally, although less this season, I think, but we know occasionally he's got a defensive mistake in him, but he does contribute at the right end of the park. I know that Adam Thornton's going to be hanging on to what I say here. Um, I've criticised Tavernier um, enough over the last few years. This season, he's been in the face outstanding. He's, you can't you can't go against the numbers there. Incredible for a full-back. Um, and if we are going to demand money, we should be demanding huge money off the back of that. Of course, he has always got a mistake in him, like Sunday. Um, but look, what he's gave the team. If he hadn't been in the team this season, we wouldn't be in second place, probably. Um, he's gave us that much. Um, he's a top player. Um, I, I do think we, we might probably lose him in the summer. I think too many teams will probably be looking at him with the numbers. Um, I hope we don't because we will be losing quite a lot from a fullback. You're not going to get a fullback giving you the sort of numbers anywhere close to that at all. So, no, fair play to the guy. He reacted the right way last night and he gave us a good performance for a captain. That ties in then to something that was discussed among you know people that I was at the game with last night. I'm sure that other Rangers fans have been discussing it. The Morelos being out and the team playing so much better. Now, this... Take Alfie out of this, okay? This is not us discussing Alfredo Morelos. He's a brilliant player. We know he's got his faults, but uh, we know how important he is and how good he can be. This is not us talking about Alfredo Morelos. This is us talking about what happens when he's not there. And there is a, a suggestion among some, because we don't have enough evidence for it yet, that maybe we can be, rather than panicking about what happens when he leaves, because I think we're all agreed he's gone in the summer, that maybe it'll allow players to step out and deliver a little bit more because I remember when Rangers had Mark Haley and because you could basically knock a ball up to him from anywhere and he would make something of it more often than not, that players lapsed into that. Then later in the 90s, we had obviously Loudrop and Gascoigne. And of course, we all know famously that players would just give them the ball constantly. Um, I wonder if sometimes players at any club fall into that trap of we've got a really special player here, just give him the ball and they stop really taking the responsibility onto themselves whereas maybe when he's not there and you know that you've got a player like Defoe who's excellent at what he does but he needs your help in doing it 
that you begin to just change your mentality slightly and rather than the quick early ball to Morelos all the time or get it out wide so that somebody can cross it in, hopefully for Morelos. It was as if the, the team felt, no, I'm going to try something. And like I say, we had four or five guys that were trying to hurt hearts last night. And it, to me, it looked just so much better, so much more productive and so much more cohesive. Yeah, I think I think look, it's, it's, it's the natural thing to do with your best player is to, is to try and supply him. And we have had games this season where he's not been playing and we've struggled badly. Um, but last night, I think, was different because nobody can do what he does. Not, there's not a player that we've got that will make a chance as meant for himself, like Morelos does. But that way we had to adapt. And you're right, look, it may give the fans, look, certainly has myself, gave me a bit of encouragement that we can do it without him. Um, the players have looked lost at times this season when he's not been there, but uh, it certainly gives you encouragement that, look, Defoe is going to be here next season. So if he does go in the summer, um, at least it's given us that hope that, look, it's not it's not going to be the end of the world. There, there will be other strikers out there. Um, and we will move on from him. Um, and then you also balance that up with the, the red card and the sort of situation with that. Um, it'll be interesting to see how we do over the next couple, I think, what is it, three games he's got left, suspension, mm. um, if we continue the good form without him. Um, because it certainly gives an interesting dynamic. I didn't think we'd be able to hit the levels of performance without him if he'd asked me on Sunday when he gets sent off. But let's be honest, since he went off, of, that's what really well. Played brilliantly, so um, yeah, we'll just see how that goes moving forward. A couple of guys I want to have a quick chat about. Firstly, Stephen Davis. That was Stevie Davis last night, finally. Um, the manager had spoken about it has taken him longer to get up to speed, both in terms of fitness and form, than either Stephen Gerrard or Stephen Davis thought it would. But he said now he's getting there, now he's at that level. And I think last night we saw, we've learned already, Stephen Davis is not a number 10. He can't play in there. He doesn't do enough in the game. But sitting deep and pulling the strings, he still has the legs to do that. And next to somebody like Glenn Kamara, who's an athlete and, and could run you know, all day, uh, I, I was, oh, right, that's Stephen Davis. Good to have you back. <laughs> oh, definitely. Listen, it, his fitness is always been the issue since January because we've never doubted his football ability. Stephen Davis is a really, really good football player. He held his own down in the Premiership, so that wasn't the case. Um, last night, as I mentioned earlier, I don't know if we've got another player who can sit in front of the back four and, and make the forward passes and see the forward passes um, and even the long diagonals. He's brilliant at them. Um, he'll be a real, real asset. He's not going to be one of these guys that's going to break up play. But in terms of controlling a game at Ibrox, that was the performance that I spoke about back in January. That was the player I spoke about, about somebody that can control the tempo of a game. And he'd done that last night, and it was brilliant to see. Um, a bit too late in the day, I would have preferred if we signed him last summer, um, mm. because maybe we could have got up to speed a bit earlier. But um, in terms of moving forward into this season and next season, um, if he's going to be here, then he will be a real asset because we don't have, with the greatest respect, McCrory um, is a real asset to us, but he's not going to pick the forward passes the way Davis does. Um, neither will Jack, I don't think. So having him in that role, especially at games like last night at Ibrooks, I think will be really important for us. Yeah, absolutely agree. And it was it was just a fun night to be at Ibrox Rangers playing really, really well. I guess a decent side, you know, they're not a great side, but they're decent. And 
Rangers looked fluid. They looked energetic. They looked dynamic. It was it was just a very good performance, and as you say, bodes well for the future. But we've been excited before this season, got carried away, and then went into a game that we fancied ourselves in and, and not delivered. And one of them was Motherwell earlier on the season. Uh, played Motherwell twice this season. Uh, a seven-one victory at Ibrox, which was an awful lot of fun. But uh, also a three each, a very disappointing three each draw with them earlier in the season. Now, this is the game where you, you've referenced infamously we went to a 3-5-2 um, and changed uh, in the second half. It, it didn't quite work out. The defenders didn't play particularly well that day. People, I think, maybe uh, forget that it was a, a slightly strange 3-5-2 and that John Flanagan, who's more of a fullback, obviously, was, was in it uh, in the back three. Motherwell, we know, are an intensely physical side. I'm being kind in that description. They have, uh, according to their manager and according to uh, people that watch them, tried to change that and play a bit more football. They've got Jake Hasty, who, of course, was, was linked with Rangers, but Rangers have, have pulled out of a move for him. They've got Turnbull, who's been adding a wee bit more. So they seem to have a little bit more uh, finesse, but all things are relative. And I suspect that when Rangers come to town, we will get the usual all-out physicality, long ball, elbows, over-the-top challenges. Rangers will need to be prepared for this, Stuart. Oh, yeah. Um, I was at the first game we played the other season that was horrible. We like The physicality, but I think we need to be used to now. That's that's how they play. Um, that's not going to change on Sunday, no matter what they say. They have brought in the youth players, as you said, and a bit more sort of pacey down the wing. So that's going to be a test for us. I assume Andy Hardy will come back in up against Um I hope we stick to what we've done last night in terms of the sort of formation in the players. I know Kent will be out, so um, I'm assuming it'll be Candace, so come back in for him, maybe Gresda um, in that free role. Um, but I hope we stick to how, how we played because... Look, we're going to be up against it. They've won, I think it's five in the bounce at home, the manager mentioned. So it'll be a really tough game. But they should be worrying about us as well because their midfield last night should be walking all over the top of them, to be honest with you. Um, I agree. It's okay. If the midfield play the way they did last night, Motherwell won't get the ball. Yeah, and that, that is how we will defeat them because then it's a case of Motherwell... We'll have to rely, and again, it's. I don't want to be too banging on about this, but you need a strong referee who says early on to Motherwell, "Look, you can compete physically, but within the rules." And we've we've played Motherwell before, and that hasn't been the case. And they have been able to get away with uh, things that I don't mind. A physical team, Livingston, for example, a physical Livingston beat us early on the season in their own patch. They were very physical, but they were within the rules. I didn't have a problem with it. To me, I just thought Rangers didn't stand up to the challenge that day. But there have been times we've played Motherwell where you let, and that's not within the rules. That's just out and out thuggery. Yeah. No, we, when we go into a fight, we don't, not that we don't like a fight, but we, we don't cope too well with it. It's It's been proven through the season. We we need to stay away from that. I'm not saying don't fight for the game. Also, we need to win battles, but I'm talking about getting involved and dropping down to their levels. We can't do that. We need to go and play football um, and beat them that way. Um, if we can get um, Tav caused them a few issues the last time in the first half down there. Um, like it's, quite, it's quite simple. They've got big guys at the back, but Defoe showed last night that he can handle that. That's no problem. Mm. Um, I think Kent will be a miss um, because in terms He's of... He's a really good can, player, yeah. Yeah, can they and his level. I, I, I think it might be 
Gresda because he came on from the bench last night. Obviously, Candace uh, didn't. Candace, I think, had a rotten 2019 overall. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, he, he's had decent games earlier in the season, but I just think that he's been very badly out of form recently. Um, and I wonder, you know what you're going to get with Candace? Candace is going to get up and down the wing. He's going to do a shift, absolutely. He's going to defend um, and help Tav out and that. But I think last night we saw one of the things that's become sort of almost an accepted article of faith among the support, which is, oh, you need if you're playing Tav, you need to have Candace there. Last night we didn't, and Tav was brilliant. So I, I, I don't know. You put I worry if you put Candace back in the side to, because we know what he does, and it's it's not his fault. This is his game. We'll just give him the ball and he'll just whip crosses in. And we'll go back to that, whereas I would prefer... Gresda's not shown much, to be fair, so far, but he said a really badly in, injury-interrupted season. And it, we're at the stage where it's trying stuff for next season, isn't it? You know what you're getting with Candace, and maybe it is time to try and give Gresda a few games when the opportunity arises. Yeah, look, it's a shame with Candace. He has had a poor start to the, start to the year. Um, he's probably the hardest He's not the only one. No, no, no. He's probably the hardest worker I've got. Um, in Sunday, after Morelos went off, he, he ran his balls off, to be fair to him. Um, you'll never, that, he'll always give you that, but in terms of the quality, um, he, he's just lacking that that extra quality. He's one of the players that, if we're going to move forward and sort of really improve next season, that I think he'll be sitting on the bench a, a wee bit more. I don't want to be too harsh there. Um, but in Sunday, I just I don't want to get back to throwing balls into the box because Motherwell will love that. You know? They'll eat that up. And we don't need that. But I think Tav gives us enough in terms of crosses down the right-hand side. Um, I want to give them a bit more to think about rather than just him. And, and look, look, he's a good guy to bring on. You know, if, you're, if your legs are going at the end of the game and so he can come on and press a bit more and give you a bit more energy, then he's a great sub to have. But I think we should just be looking at maybe a direct replacement for Kent. And that's why I thought about Gresda. Um who incidentally wasn't great last night at the last 20-odd minutes, but um, I'm hoping that he can pull a performance out of somewhere. I think the game had, had died by that stage. Um, yeah. And as yeah. I say, I find it difficult to judge Gresta because he's never got going. He's never had five, six games with it either being injured or at the side. So this is the, the, the time of the season to, to see if he's going to potentially play a part next year or if you know we need to look to, to change things in the summer. So give me your prediction for Sunday. Um, I think we will. I think we'll win. Um, I think it'll be quite tight. I think I'm going to go for a two-one. I think Rangers will win two-one. I think Defoe will score again. Um, it'll be really tight and cagey and stuff. I don't. I can see a sort of a late winner or such. It's not going to be nice. Put it that way. Well, it's not going to be a fun game of football. That's true. But I think Rangers will do it with a wee bit more to spare. I think we'll do it three-one. Um, because I think. They should be absolutely flying after that performance last night. Confidence. And I think that if we can pose Motherwell a less obvious challenge, um, uh, as we've described, that they did in the match last night, then I think that we can cause them a lot of problems. But as you say, um, if we don't match them in terms of effort, energy and output, then we're not going to get anything. Now, um, some interesting fallout from the, to put it mildly, from the old firm match. And uh, we, we learned on Thursday that the compliance officer has charged both Rangers and Celtic um, for 
uh, apparently it's a rule that any confrontation involving three players or more is automatically a charge from the SFA. But Stephen Gerrard has been charged. Um, Rumours suggest that it was due to something he said to Bobby Madden, the referee, which was included in the match report. And Scott Brown, unbelievably, yes, you're hearing me correctly, Scott Brown has been charged by the SFA for uh, failing to act in the best manner of football, which we saw with his behaviour at the end of the match. What are your thoughts on all that, Stuart? Um, in terms of Brown, um, still pick myself up off the floor mm. um, in shock that he's actually been cited. Um, I'll be interested to see how that goes and if he actually does serve any sort of ban. I doubt it. Um, in terms of Gerard, I think he... I don't know if this is something they've done in the, the referee's room because I, I was trying to think back to the interview and they didn't see anything really against the referee. So he must have said something in the room or on the pitch that we've never seen. Um, depending on that, I don't know how, how you argue that, but I'm, I'm hopefully we do. Um, hopefully we do argue that. And in terms of the clubs, it's going to be a, it'll be a, it'll be a small fine for both of them, probably more in our case because we're Rangers. Um, but yeah, it's just been it's just been a bit of a, a disaster in tips on Sunday. <laughs> Yeah, um, one thing I found interesting is the reaction from Celtic cheerleaders, um, and it's quite funny. They're trying to belittle the, and I spoke about this on our Patreon site. They're trying to belittle the the Rangers support and say, no, you know, how could you be offended by that? And Scott Brown, the one argument that I always think is interesting when you get four or five people who are uh, Celtic cheerleaders, so you know, like a Sutton, Simon Donnelly, Tom Boyd, these guys, and when they come out, Hartson's another one. Um, and what's obviously the line they've been given by Celtic is to say, oh, I suppose that's Scott Brown's fault. They've all made the same joke. And then the other one is, well, the game ended in that corner. That's the other thing that they've all said. So you can always spot the line that's come out of Celtic that they're all to follow. And don't don't think for a second that that's not how it works. What... That ignores is a couple of things. Firstly, the game ended in that corner. Yes, it did, but Scott Brown chose to turn round and start on the Rangers support. He didn't need to do that. Secondly, he'd been the clubs had been warned by the police on Friday that they didn't want any repetition of that, and Celtic specifically were warned by the police that they didn't want any repetition of the behaviour after the last Old Farm game at Parkhead. And what happens in these circumstances generally is the police will say to the governing body in Scotland, right, we've tried to be nice about this. If you don't do something, we will. And that's probably why Brown got charged. Because as you say, it would be with extreme reluctance from the SFA. But I wonder if perhaps that came from from the, the police. Not that, of course, Scott Brown, if he got charged with anything by the cops, I'm sure the procurator fiscal would lose the evidence and he'd, he'd be fine. That's generally what happens in cases like that. But um, the the one that I think is interesting is the whole all Rangers fans are being precious. Well, you'll remember a few years ago when the, the whole song sheet thing came up. We were told you can't sing this or that because they find it offensive. And we look, but it's not offensive and we'd explain the genesis of the songs. And they'd say, it doesn't matter. They find it offensive, therefore you have to stop it. If people are offended, that's enough. And then 
we say, okay, right, he turned around and gave us a get it right up, you you know, gesture to us and whatnot. We were offended by that. Could you get him to stop? Oh, I can't believe you're offended by that. Oh, hang on a minute. You told us that if being offended was enough. No, no, no. Not when it's you. And to me, it just shows you that they, you know, they're not offended by songs or whatnot. It's just a stick to beat us with. The hypocrisy comes through at times like this. And you see it from the likes of Sutton, who, as I've mentioned before, the guy's nothing more than a prostitute, you know? He he does what he's told for money. Um, and his rants are sticking his ass up in the air and hoping that someone will fill it because he needs the money. Um, we all know his financial situation. He's, he's a bankrupt and... That's why he's he's best ignored, and it's why Rangers fans need to not get caught up in arguments with these people, Stuart, because they're not giving you their true opinion, and you can't change their mind. They're giving you a line. They're repeating something they've been told. So there's no point wasting your energy. Just call them out for what they are, which is apologists uh, on the payroll to basically as morally bankrupt as, as he is financially. Awesome. See, in terms of Brown, look, you you know what you're going to get with them in terms of the celebration. That, that that's what fuels them is is to, to as you said get it up the Rangers fans. Um, the issue I've got and you, you you touched on it there is if the roles were reversed. Now I can only imagine on Sunday if we had won the game and Morelos done that what he done to the Celtic fans. Can you imagine the reaction? Yes, it would. Have, it, it would be. It, yes, be it would be the exact opposite from the same people. He wouldn't have played last night, and he wouldn't have played this Sunday, right? That's that's the fact. He um, can at the start of the season against St Mirren, Andy Halliday at Morton, um, get sent off for ins- potential insight a riot. That's where my issue is, is is with it is that the referees are not doing anything to. Sort of treat people the same way. That's it. They don't. They're not wanting to just like if, if, if people celebrate. If a Rangers player celebrates in front of the opposition fans, I, I'm usually enjoying it. I'm not going to be a hypocrite here. And you know they do it to wind you up and they get a reaction. That's fine. It's more to do with the powers that be that they're not acting on it at this at that stage. You know we get a player sent off for blowing a kiss, <laughs> an opposition player. That's where we are. Um, and then we get fined subsequently for statements that we release. Um, but the, in terms of the media, um, like the, the scripts are already, you, you, you know what the scripts are going to be when when it's happening. You, you know, we've been quite, I think the Rangers fans this week have been quite honest about Morelos and how he, what he done on Sunday and quite open and, on, and saying, look, it was a red card and it, it wasn't acceptable, we need to move on. But in the same breath, we're saying, look, how can this get away with it? How can that get away with it? Um, and it's just rubbish. Um, so you all, you already know how it's going to how it's going to work. And I can only imagine today, in terms of sort of him being cited, the reaction that's caused. Um, as I said, I don't see I don't see himself in any suspensions from that at all. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, no. I don't think any of us do. All right, thank you very much for listening, folks. I hope you enjoyed the show. And if you did, then why not check out our Patreon site, Heart and Hand, 
on Patreon is patreon.com, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash heart and hand. And you'll get up to five shows every single day on all topics football, all topics Rangers, history, current events, you name it, we do it, watch alongs, etc. Um, but we also do other things as well, pop culture, various pods, uh, you will enjoy it. It's just one ninety nine per month. And don't take my word for it, Stuart will tell you. Certainly will. We're even doing a golf show that I know you're delighted about, David, soon enough. Yeah. <laughs> and to balance it, just to show you, right, Stuart is doing a golf show and I'm doing a, a, a show with one of our other podders called Golfers for Cunts. So you've got balance, whether you're pro-golf or anti-golf, you've got balance. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Yes, uh, I, I, I can't, can't believe I could even let that one. But uh, you got me. You got me at a good time. Right, folks, thank you very much for joining. It's just time to thank my guest, the wonderful Mr. Stuart McCall. Pleasure as always, David. Thank you. Thank our executive producers in London, Mike Lee and Paul Myers. And to tell you, we'll be back on Monday with full reaction to the Motherwell game. Until then, have a wonderful weekend and I hope your team wins. Take care. Bye-bye. Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.